You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, the best-selling author of 10 books, a master certified coach, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I share ideas about creating an even better author career. Ready to reach your writing goals? Let's dive in. Just a quick reminder that next Monday, February 26th, book coach Nicole Meyer and I are offering a free webinar called Build Your Creative Community, How to Connect with Other Writers to Create a Better Writing Career. To register and find out more details about this event, visit evenbetter.co, that's .co, forward slash webinar. I'll link to that in the show notes too. Hope to see you there. Hello, writers. Are you disappointed? Good. Today's episode is about how to use disappointment to your advantage. Before we dive in, take a quick second to think about something you are disappointed about in your writing career. This could be in the past or it could have happened today. It could be big or small, it doesn't really matter. The main thing is to have a specific instance in mind and make sure it still feels disappointing to you. I'm going to pause for just a second so you can think of something. I've asked you to do this because when you can think of something concrete from your own life as you're learning, you actually absorb what you're hearing in a deeper way, and that helps you apply what you've learned faster and more effectively. Interestingly, disappointment is what brought me to coaching. As you know, even in a best-case scenario publishing career, there are going to be ups and downs. So after my first novel sold, it sold at auction for six figures, and then it only um, sold to readers a couple thousand copies. My publisher, needless to say, was very disappointed. I cost them a lot of money. I was so disappointed that it derailed me for several years. I interpreted that event as my not having what it took to succeed. And even that I didn't know how to advocate for myself because I let my publisher use a cover that I knew was wrong for the book. It took me another several years to write and sell a novel that I liked. But I did. I went on to write and sell several more novels that I was very happy with. And fast forward to about five years ago, when a new publisher, the one um, that I've worked with for the majority of my books, rejected a novel that I had written after telling me they wanted to buy whatever I wrote next. This book, my agent and I thought would be really big. We were very excited about it. And my publisher uh, looked at it and said, no. We want to keep working with you, but send us something that is on brand. This is not it. I was really, really disappointed. But having already lived through the experience of that one big disappointment with my debut, I knew that I did not want to have that response again. I did not want to get derailed yet again for several more years. I was determined to do things differently this time. And so I ended up hiring a coach and worked on changing my response. Not only to that single disappointment of not selling the book that I thought I would sell, but also to other issues in my personal and professional life. And that experience was really pivotal for me and actually ended up leading to my getting certified as a coach and helping other writers. So today, I just want to share with you what I've learned over the past several years working with hundreds of writers, as well as personally, so that you can sidestep any excess misery. You're going to have some misery but we don't want extra, and really go all in on your writing goals without getting derailed. I want to start by just telling you that feeling disappointed is not a problem. This is arguably the most common misconception I hear around disappointment, 
that it's a sign that you are a negative thinker or you're not going to be able to accomplish what you set out to. And those things just aren't true. We have negative emotions for a reason. If you're feeling disappointed, what I want to offer you is that that emotion is super helpful. In fact, it can and maybe even should be your starting point for progress. Your first move is to accept that it is there. Accept the emotion of disappointment. And by accept, I mean, let it be. Don't try to think your way out of it. Don't pretend you're not feeling it. Don't try to distract yourself. When we deny real negative emotions, they often tend to come back even stronger. You may have heard the saying, repression leads to depression, but it's often not depression at all. It's even more of whatever the other emotion you're feeling is. So if you think about anger, for example, when you try to ignore it, it very often turns to rage. Pretending you're not disappointed can lead to even more disappointment. So try saying to yourself, I feel disappointed. This is disappointing. It's okay for me to feel this way. I coach a lot of writers on this, and so often we beat ourselves up internally for having negative emotions. We say things like, I shouldn't be feeling this way, or the famous, I should just be grateful. I hear those over and over. To which I say, do you actually want to feel amazing about everything that happens to you? How would you know what good is if everything feels good? I don't think that this is the goal. And additionally, the human brain is pretty complex. You can be grateful and also disappointed. One does not cancel the other out. I'm going to ask you to just think back to the disappointing situation I just asked you to come up with a few minutes ago. Now ask yourself this. What does my disappointment tell me about what I want? As I mentioned, I am glad that you're feeling disappointed because disappointment is a window into your true desires. It tells you what you want. That's important. We often forget to ask ourselves, what am I even going for here? One thing I am regularly asking my clients in coaching is, what's the goal here? What's your end game? And very often the person I'm coaching says, oh, I haven't actually decided on that, or I forgot, or I'm not sure anymore. Those are all fine and good. Those answers are perfectly legitimate. My coach often asks me this when I'm getting coached too. When we're in our own heads, it's very normal to be so kind of tangled up in thought that we haven't stopped to clarify what we want, maybe um, in the longer term, but sometimes just in that situation. Disappointment is the opportunity you need to get clear on your desire. Or if you're like, hey, I already know, well, remind yourself of that and maybe even double down. As you answer the question of what you want, try to frame it in concrete terms. So instead of something vague like, I don't want crappy sales, or I just want to sell well, try, I want to sell 10,000 copies of my book. Now, I don't mean to imply that you want disappointment to linger for any longer than necessary. Negative emotions can lead to clarity, and they can also cause short-term bursts of action. But research shows that over time, positive emotions are more likely to fuel consistent action. And how do we write and sell our books? Through consistent habitual action. In addition, I want to just remind you that you're already dealing with negativity bias. That is the phenomenon in which humans give more weight to negative emotions and thoughts, as well as any event or circumstance that we link to those emotions and thoughts. So we are really outweighing them compared to their positive counterparts, even when both things are of equal proportion. It's very self-protective. 
thousands of years ago, being paranoid about possible cougar tracks kept you alive in a way that stopping to smell the roses did not. But in modern days, you know, our brains are still working like there's a cougar behind us all the time, and that's not actually the case. So to bring this back to writing, let's say you're querying and you get two rejections. One is from an agent who says wonderful things about your writing and says, your writing is beautiful. I want you to keep writing. And the other agent says, you need to hire an editor. And you feel like that's very stinging. These two responses are, in essence, the exact same result. Each agent has told you no. But for most writers, they are going to focus on the one that says, hire an editor. This isn't very good. They're going to give it more weight. That is the rejection that may cause more reaction. They may cry. They may talk about it for days with writer friends. And they will certainly ruminate on it much more than the positive one. Negativity bias is also why so many writers and people in general tend to discount good things that happen to them and say things like, oh, I thought they were just being nice or I figured my sales were a fluke. It causes us to not give ourselves credit for the good stuff that happens. So this is why, you know, you just don't want to stay kind of in the negative side for too long. You're already primed to go there. So once you've acknowledged your disappointment and used it to figure out what you want, you want to really think about redirecting your brain and getting back to writing. You want to move past the disappointment. We do this by first realizing what we're making the situation mean. So whatever situation you thought of in terms of what is making you feel disappointed right now, you want to just ask, what are the actual facts here? Not my interpretation, the facts. So if we use the query example, the facts are you got two rejections. And one of the agents included a particular suggestion that wasn't like the other. Those are the only facts there. You want to ask yourself, arguably the most important question here, what am I making those facts mean? Why is this a problem for you? Don't sugarcoat, don't filter, really be honest with yourself. It's not the time to think to yourself something that you don't really mean. So with the querying, it might be that you are making it mean that querying isn't going well for you. We could run with that alone. That would be plenty of information to use, but sometimes it's good to really channel your inner toddler and ask why a bunch of times to get to the real root cause of your pain. So querying isn't going well. Why? Because I'm doing it wrong and the story isn't appealing. Why? Because I don't have enough talent. Ding, ding, ding. That is the real thought causing the pain. A lot of times, I would even argue the majority of the time, our emotional pain comes from making a single situation into a larger story about our long-term results. We're using the past and kind of like a small data set as an indicator of everything that's up ahead, especially when it comes to so-called failure. I'm going to remind you here, as I discussed several weeks ago on the podcast and probably in nearly every episode, publishing is a long game. It's often a years-long process of creation and bringing your creation to market. So if you can see that any one shot you take, no matter how disappointing the result, doesn't determine your final score, that takes a lot of the sting out of it. You want to just kind of zoom out a little and see the bigger picture. Now I want you to consider reframing the situation that led to your disappointment from that bigger picture view. This isn't about feeling good about what happened to you. 
You don't have to like the stuff that you're disappointed about. I would argue that that veers into kind of toxic positivity. But you can definitely get closer to neutral so that your brain is not staying in that situation and spinning. You want to have more mental energy to show up for your career. One very simple way to do this is to just ask yourself, how else can I think about this? Is it possible something else can be true? And if it feels right, it's not always going to feel right to ask this question, but sometimes, how might this benefit me in the long run? You don't even have to fight with the underlying thought. You just want to find a better one to kind of crowd it out. The brain is shockingly compliant when we tell it what to do, but we have to actually take that step and do that. With the query example, I want to just ask, um, hypothetically, is it really going to serve you to focus on the thought that you don't have enough talent? Obviously not. When you dwell on that thought, you're going to show up differently. You might talk down your accomplishments. You might write less because you feel deflated. You might miss the opportunity to take in positive feedback and use that. By dwelling, odds are you're not going to be showing up in a way that's best for your career. So. Just to come back to the idea of reframing, ask yourself, what else could be true here that would help me show up differently? One example is the fact that I'm getting direct feedback instead of a form response or no response at all is great. It means my query is working and my writing made them take the time to read. Or perhaps my feelings are proof that this is really important to me and that means I'm going to keep going. You see how we're not fighting with that, that thought? We're just kind of like leaning into the idea that it could mean something else. Another way to interpret this might be, I am getting information here that I can use to formulate an even better game plan for querying. This is not about gaslighting yourself. Please note that none of these are, yay, I got criticized. <laughs> They're just easy redirects that can also be true if you decide to give them weight. To circle back to negativity bias, because you might be thinking, okay, great, but didn't you just tell me my brain is going to prioritize the negative? Research shows that deliberate repetition can help the brain focus more on the positive than the negative. It can counteract that negativity bias. So whatever the more positive interpretation, you might try journaling on it. You might put it on a post-it note. You might read it or say it regularly until it feels more true. Just tell your brain what you're trying to think so that it really pays attention to that rather than the negative story. One other thing that can help you move past disappointment is to focus on your growth and smaller wins. So you've probably heard of Carol Dweck, who is one of the most influential psychologists of our era. She came up with the concept of growth mindset, which really means measuring yourself by your efforts rather than your results. And understanding that we are not fixed entities. We can grow and evolve. Growth mindset is really a key indicator of success and happiness. So often, we measure ourselves by what we haven't done rather than by how far we've come. Or per Dweck's research, what it took to get to where we are right now. Likewise, research out of Stanford and other institutions shows that by focusing on learning and growth, you don't judge your disappointments or failures, whether they're real or just perception, the same way. They become less important. Because to harness a cliche here, you're enjoying the journey instead of being so obsessed with the destination that you miss the entire experience and, frankly, how great it can feel to grow. According to Dweck, a growth mindset also helps you move away from the idea 
that your talents, abilities, and even your personality are fixed. Myriad research shows that they are. We really change over time. We have the ability to become more talented, more able, and um, really grow into the people that we want to be. But the pervasive story within our society is that you're born the way you're born, and that's it. By measuring your progress by your effort rather than your wins, it's actually easier to observe yourself winning, which increases motivation and helps you continue to grow. I want to just share this quote from Warren Buffett with you. Um, as we all know, he is one of the greatest investors of the past uh, century or so. And he says, the truth is everything that has happened in my life that I thought was a crushing event at the time has turned out for the better. I just think that's fascinating. So this is all to say, if you're feeling disappointed, own it. See that it's reminding you of what you really want. Figure out what you're making the situation mean. And only once you've done those things, begin to reframe your experience as part of your journey to get where you want to go. That's what I have for you today. Thanks for listening and happy writing. For more resources on creating an even better author career, including free webinars and the You Should Write a Book newsletter, visit evenbetter.co. That's dot C-O. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. If you already have, thank you. And thanks for tuning in.